the three anointed lay. I can never do that. I've tried it once. I'm going to talk about that later. And some of this back here, you don't want me doing that. But they did a fantastic job. You are here today. They brought us into the presence of the Lord. What you heard earlier, someone spoke in a different language and in a different tongue. The Bible speaks about that. Then someone gave an interpretation. Listen, I've been around that. Some of you are accustomed to that. What I do is I close my eyes and I'm listening. Lord, what do you want to speak to me? Maybe you're new here. Maybe you're a visitor. You've never been around that. I'm just letting you know that is of the Lord. And when the Lord speaks, I want him to speak to me and I want to learn all that he has, no matter what it is. Listen, Jesus spit in someone's eye and they, they received a miracle, right? So if someone walks up to you and says, can I spit in your eye? No, I'm just kidding. We don't know if that's going to happen. But we just know that whenever things happen, my heart is open and ready to receive whatever the Lord wants. And today you're here, not by accident. You're here for a purpose. You're here for a reason. Hey, it's, the, it's the, July the 3rd, the day before 4th of July, right? Maybe we're out having a great time. But you're here today. You got out of bed. You came to church. And I know that you're here for a reason. It is not by mistake. Even though maybe somebody forced you to come. That could be some of you. But you're here for a reason, and I believe the Lord is going to speak to you. There's a lot of young people in the house. I love teenagers. I love young people. The Lord has a word for you, too. So, again, our pastor is out of town. Pastor Goodluck, my wife and I have been attending this church for uh, a while now. I want to say a good six to seven months, maybe a little longer than that. My wife has been knowing Pastor Goodluck and Miss Angela for many, many years since she was in high school. She actually babysat uh, for one of their children whenever he was like one or two years old. So she goes way back. The relationship is just genuine. It's, it's there. It's, it's rich. And so coming to this church, we feel like family. So thank you for opening your arms up to us to attend this church. I know that some of you said, hey, this is home. We want you guys to be here. We want you guys to be free. Let the Lord just speak to you. And it's been that. So I want to thank you for accepting us and our family. We have four children. We have two girls, two, uh, two boys. <laughs> I did that. That's four children, not three. Sorry. I claim all four, I promise. They're all four in, in the back, and they love coming here. So, again, thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving our children. We love the Ark Fellowship. Um, again, July the 3rd, tomorrow is? How many of you have ever served in the armed forces? Can you just raise your hand quicker? Can you just stand to your feet? If you have served our country. Thank you. I want to take a brief moment to honor you. Tomorrow is one of the reasons why we celebrate our country is because of people like you. And for the many, the thousands, the thousands who are out there now serving our country. What a proud moment whenever I know people, whether it's in family or people like you, and I look at people who have served our country, people who are serving our country now. It is an honor to know you. It is an honor to be around you because you make our country great. So thank you once again. Can we just say thank you one more time? Thank you, guys. Um, real quick before I get into the message, if our worship team, if they don't mind, maybe you can get the word around. I, I want them to come back at the end. and We're going to sing that song, Amazing Grace. There's just something powerful about that song that correlates right with what we're trying to accomplish here. I want to talk about a message. Um, the title of my message, I'm going to give it to you. And it might seem like a Debbie Downer whenever I give it to you, but I want you to follow along with me. Uh, the title of today's message is Dealing with Disappointment. Dealing with Disappointment. So when you look at the picture behind me, it's a gentleman that's covering his face. And if you've ever been disappointed before, which if I asked you that question, I know that you have, whether it's small or whether big. And typically when we're disappointed... The typical thing is, it's just kind of a hard thing to bear. If it's a really difficult situation, it's just, it's hard to deal with. So, but we do deal with it. And there's a proper way to deal with disappointment. Say, okay, Dwight, why are you talking about that? We just had a great worship moment. We just honored all the men and women who serve in our country. And man, it's a good thing going on here. But you want to talk about disappointment? Yes, I do. I really, really do. I began to read a passage of scripture um, a while back. And I was reading through it, and some words kind of jumped out at me. And one of the words I began to read through a commentary was the word disappointment. We're going to read this scripture in just a moment. And I began to notice how people do experience disappointment, and some can react the wrong way, and some react 
the right way. So let me ask you a question. Let's get kind of personal here. I do enjoy you speaking back to me. You can raise your hand. You can shout amen, hallelujah, whatever you want to do. Have you ever been disappointed before? Yes or no? Yes. All of you should have said yes. Have you ever done something and you've just been disappointed with yourself? Yes. Has someone ever disappointed you? Okay, I got a little bit bigger response on that one. Oh, yes. They disappointed me. Yes. Get them, Lord. Have you ever been maybe the reason why someone else was disappointed? Some of you are like, oh, let's just say amen. Let's just close it right now. Let's just leave. Some of you are like, don't do this. Yeah, we're going to go there today. Can we go there? Man, I got five yeses. All right. How many of you just give me five minutes? Come on. All right, five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty-three. Okay, five minutes. Here we go. Luke chapter 13, verse 6 through 9. We talk about a story, a parable in the Bible that Jesus was speaking. And in this parable, he talks about a situation. And he talks about two gentlemen and the reaction of both. And this is my sole passage for this morning that I want to speak about. So I want you to follow along with me. Do we have it? Here we go. Luke 13, verse 6. It says, Then he told this parable. Who is telling the parable? Jesus is speaking. Then he told this parable. A man had a what? A fig tree. How many of you have ever been around a fig tree? You ever seen a fig tree? You ever touched the leaves? Okay. The majority of you. So you know what a fig tree looks like. You know what it is. He told this parable, a man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but it did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard for three years now, everybody say three years, for three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree, and I have not found any. Cut it down, he said. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the little caretaker said, sir. The man replied, leave it alone for one more year. Everybody say one more year. One more year and I will dig around it and I will fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. Pretty confident, right? Fine. But if not, then let's cut it down. This is my passage for this morning. Out of this passage, I want to talk about two men. They both experienced disappointment, but there's two different reactions. So I want to talk about some scenarios when it comes to disappointment and how we should react to it and what God wants to do in the middle of disappointment. When I think about disappointment, when I think about this scripture, as a matter of fact, it talks about a fig tree. One of the things that kind of jumped at me was this. I've been around a fig tree. My, my grandmother used to have one. We grew up around it. She made fig everything, fig preservatives, fig jam. I mean, you just, if you were hungry for breakfast, you had a bowl of figs. I mean, we had figs at my grandmother's house on the weekend. So I knew what a tree looked like. I knew what it produced. If you go back and you read in scripture, the scriptures talk about a lot about fig trees. As a matter of fact, it's one of the first three trees that we ever read about that was God actually made on earth. The first tree that we know of is the, uh, the tree of life. We know that existed. The Bible speaks of it in Genesis. Then the second is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Then we know a fig tree existed in the garden because there were two people who sinned against the Lord. What did they use to cover themselves? Fig leaves. Of all things in the world, fig leaves. But we know that there was a fig tree that existed. Back, if you read what a fig tree means, or figs mean, it means prosperity. It means covering. It means shelter. It's a good thing. So even going back and understanding what a fig tree symbolizes, it symbolizes a lot, even spiritually, that it produces good fruit. It means that it, it's covering and it's a shelter. It covered Adam and Eve. God used something to even cover, cover them in the middle of their sin. Isn't God good? In this passage, it reminds me also that even though we think about the fig and the fig tree of what it produces, I mean, 
I don't know if you like a fig. I do. I haven't eaten figs in a while, but it's a good fruit. It's very healthy for you. But I also think about in this passage, there is a vineyard. What grows in a vineyard? Grapes. Somebody said wine. You can't grow wine in a vineyard. (laughs) I don't know what's on your mind, but... (laughs) Grapes. What do you make with grapes? Jelly. All the children would say that. Come on, let's think about children today, all right? Somebody's like, what grows in a vineyard? Wine. (laughs) Wrong. Okay. So, there's a vineyard and there's grapes. But in the middle of a vineyard, there is a fig tree. So we read the story... And the guy, the man who owns the land comes by and just says flat out, this tree for three years has not produced any fruit, zero fruit. Was he disappointed? Was he frustrated? Yes, he was. Cut that bad boy down. Let's do away with it. It is taking up space. He's thinking we could plant more grapes, have more grapes in the vineyard, which he's thinking whatever for himself, maybe it's more money. I don't know. But he is determined to cut it down. He is highly disappointed. He's looking at the leaves, at the tree, and there's nothing produced. Cut it down. Then there is the caretaker, the man who works the field. He knows what it takes to work the field, to produce what it should. Fig trees surrounded by grapes. Those grapes are producing probably a lot. But there is a fig tree that's producing nothing. Why is it that grapes are being produced, but on this one fig tree there's nothing being produced? So he says, his response is, give me one more year. Give me one more year, and I'm going to dig. I'm going to dig. I'm going to put some fertilizer on this thing. And we're going to watch something happen. He's thinking, I... (laughs) That fine you read, that you and I read, he knew if I do some stuff to this thing, it's going to produce what it should produce. It's not going to produce grapes. It's going to produce what God meant it to produce. It's going to produce figs. Follow me here. One was highly upset. He was disappointed. He wanted to take action. He was addressing everything at the top. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm frustrated. I'm disappointed. And I want to deal with it now. Kill that thing and let's deal away with it. One said no, even though I'm disappointed too. It's not producing what it should. You know, let's... I want to do something different. I, w- I want to take care of it. I want, to, I want to give it another opportunity, another chance. I want to dig. I want to fertilize it. I want this thing to produce what it's supposed to produce. Do you see the two different outcomes, two different perspectives? So we know the one picture that I showed you when I say dealing with the disappointment, guy with his head down, here's another perspective, dealing with disappointment. Do you all see it? dealing with disappointment. Come on, can you get excited with me? I want you to show me the best face. This face right here, I want to see you do it. Give me your best face. Okay, thank you, all ten of you that did it. You're like, some of you are like, I'm not doing that. Okay, moving on. Having you guys make faces at me. When you talk about dealing with disappointment, you would think that most people would say, you know what, I've got to deal with disappointment. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. I know I'm going to get through it, but it's just going to be hard. But on the other side is, I'm going to deal with disappointment. I'm going to give it one more year. I'm going to dig. I'm going to fertilize it. And I'm going to watch something. What, two different perspectives in this story. And we can learn something so valuable in this passage of Scripture. And that's what I want to camp out a little bit with, of how you and I can leave here today knowing that tomorrow, actually in the next hour, the rest of your day, the 4th of July, the next week, that we can face disappointment head on like a champion and watch God produce things that he wants to produce that is wonderful, that is amazing, and that you get to reap of it. Can you say amen? Amen. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? All right, here we go. So disappointment means this. Check this out. It's the feeling of sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hope and expectations. Let me read it one more time. I want you to get this. What is disappointment? You and I can relate to this. It's the feeling of sadness, of the displeasure caused by a non-fulfillment of one's hope and expectations. Let me ask you one more time. Have you ever been disappointed? Whether you cause disappointment in someone, someone's caused disappointment to you, or you've just made a, a choice and you've been disappointed in yourself, this is relatable. 
I know there's been many things planted in my own life. I've seen wonderful things. God has used great people to help produce wonderful things in my life, plant those things. I've been around great churches, great leadership. Um, I, I've served on a, a fantastic church in Louisiana, just the leadership that we were a part of, my wife and I. I mean, we had some great, great ministry opportunities and moments in churches to be a part of. And people has invested in us. And people have planted things in us, the hope and those expectations. We've seen many things come to pass that I'm absolutely thankful for. But there's also some of those things that they didn't produce what we thought that they would produce. And I'm going to hit on that a little bit later. Because in some of those things that we hoped for, that we expected, and they just weren't there, it brought, it brought about disappointment. High, a, lot, a lot of disappointment. And I was highly disappointed in someone... But God had to teach me a great lesson. Now listen to this closely. Even though I'm talking about that just for a a quick second, a lot of people go through things in life. I I can go back and think about even as a child. I was like, Lord, what is the, even as a child, what was disappointing me as a kid? Now, I'm 42 years old. I'll give you my age. I'm not ashamed of that. Okay, I'm 42 years old. Uh, But going back even as a child, I'm thinking, like, what were the things that disappointed me as a kid? I mean, if I didn't get my favorite color ice cream, I mean, I was disappointed. I mean, come on, how easy or how hard can it get as a kid? Kids can get disappointed too, but it wasn't so complicated as a kid, even though as a kid, I did get disappointed. Then somewhere in my 20s, about mid early 20s, excuse me, my parents ended up getting a divorce after 30 years of marriage. And I just remember thinking that was highly disappointing, knowing of what was talked about, the way that our family was and how we were being raised, and all of a sudden, almost out of nowhere, but there's a lot of story to that, my parents get a divorce. And the disappointment came when I would go talk to my father, and the reaction that I thought I was going to get from him just wasn't there. Brought about great disappointment. And one of the most recent things, a few years back, and even recently this past year, you know, my wife and I have walked through some disappointment just with, in relationship to other people. And it's easy for me to point the finger and say, these people hurt me, and I've been disappointed. But I've also had to think back and think, when are the times that I've disappointed someone, and I've hurt someone? What are the times that I've made a, a real stupid decision, and I've been disappointed myself? Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. We can all say amen to that one, right? When I talk about disappointment, it's not a good thing to talk about, but... Just like the guy's picture, we want to get excited about something because God has something so much greater than that disappointment in itself. God can use things to turn things around in such a way that we'll never see it in the beginning. But if we truly get our eyes fixed on what Jesus has for us as believers in Christ, and maybe you're new here, maybe you're trying to find out who this person is in Christ. I don't know who you are or where you are today in your spiritual life and your spiritual walk with Christ. But I do know this. That circumstance that has happened in your life, even the most recent one, that you've experienced disappointment, it doesn't have to stay that way. Some of you, many of you, raise your hand because there's a very specific need in your life. Sometimes because there's a very specific need, sometimes that need brings about disappointment because you're expecting something, you're hoping for something, and it just didn't happen yet. So sometimes we get a little discouraged, we get disappointed. But how we react to that very disappointment is going to make a huge difference of what's produced in your life. How many of you want incredible produce from the Lord? You want God to produce things that are mighty, powerful, awesome, anointed? Of course you do. Who doesn't? If I give you the question, how many of you want the things that are not good, that are not, you have to walk through horrible things, and it's just be tough. If I ask you that question, you'd be like, I, I, don't, I don't want that. I want the good things of God. In the end, we know that the, the caretaker said, in the end, one more year, if fine, if it doesn't produce fruit, we'll cut it down. He was going to agree at the very end of that year, like, hey, let's do something with this. I agree with that. At the end of something, when you've done all that you can, listen, if it doesn't grow, it's got to go, right? It means it's taking up space. Anything that takes up space, it can hurt you. There's a lot of things we hold on to in our life that does not even belong there in your life. Can you say amen to that? 
Come on. You can shout to me. I've done it. You've done it. We try to hold on to things thinking that it's going to be good for us. Maybe it's going to be good for someone else. Maybe one day, if we hold on a little bit tighter, it's just going to work itself out. And in the end, it doesn't. Sometimes we've done all that we can do to make sure that we've, we've worked that out. And there's just nothing there, but we're still holding on to whatever that is. And the disappointment sometimes we hold on to, that we think we have a right to hold on to, does nothing for us. You hear me? I've done that with my father. I've done that with people in my life. Holding on to something, thinking, for whatever reason, I got control over this, and I don't. It's not doing anything to the person, but it's just hurting me. Do you follow me? Instead of truly dealing with myself, I'm taking it out on other people, not intentionally, but it's just happening because of the bitter root of what I'm holding on to. God wants you to grow. God wants you to be blessed. God wants you to succeed in life. God wants you to do amazing things. You get that? You are here on this earth for a reason. You're designed for a purpose. There's no doubt in my mind because of what God's word says of who you are, who you're supposed to be. No matter how young you are, where you've come from, or how old you may be, if you're married, if you're not married, if you're a teenager, or not, it does not matter. It does not matter what color, what race, it doesn't matter. You were designed for a purpose and for a reason here on this planet Earth. God has something powerful for you. The things you go through in life, sometimes you can't control, but things happen. Everybody says things happen. Things happen. But when they happen, it's how you handle that disappointment in your life. If you're going to grow or it's got to go. You hear me? And you this morning, when I look out across this congregation... God desires for you to grow so that you can be more mature in who you are, that you don't miss a step in this thing called life. Sometimes we look at other people's lives and we see, man, they got it good. They got, it. They got the blessing of the Lord. Man, they got things going on for them. And we begin to compare. And what happens is we get disappointed when we get compare. And then we think, I want that, but I'm only here. Well, that's because we've got some work to do. You understand that? It could be marriage, it could be work, it could be financially, emotionally, spiritually. It could be a lot of different things that kind of fit in that category. God wants you to grow. God wants you to prosper in every area of your life. If you believe anything shy of that, it is not of God. That means something needs to happen. That You need to do a little bit of digging. You need a little bit of patience. You've got to add some fertilizer. We're going to talk about that here in a moment. Say, I'm ready. Are you ready? Like, I don't know, just bring it. You know, I'm not answering anything because I don't know what you're going to say. Some people try to produce something that should never be there in the first place. Let me give you an example. God plants a fig tree, right? Maybe God plants that fig tree in your life. Let's just talk about figs for a moment. Let's just use this whole analogy and just run with it. God's trying to plant a fig tree in your life, but you're thinking of apples. You think of apples, you're dreaming of apples, man, you're talking about apples. Apples is on your mind. But what was planted inside of you was a fig tree. You ever tried to plant something? Any gardeners in the house? Any, anybody? Okay, you got a few of you. I would like to say that I have a green thumb. I think see, my wife said yes. That means she's in agreement. That's good. She's not dis- disappointed in that. I used to have a garden, and I, I loved it. I loved growing things in a garden. Because if I planted a tomato, then I was going to get... A cucumber. I mean, a, a tomato. Follow me. If I planted strawberries, I was going to get a banana, right? No, a strawberry. If I planted green beans, we got green beans, right, babe? If I planted cucumbers, we got cucumbers. A tomato, we got a tomato. If I planted zucchini squash that grew huge, we got just what we planted. And many times in our life, God plants things spiritually in you. He wants that thing to grow and produce, but we're thinking of something different. So many times we're trying to produce something different than what's already been planted in our life. Listen, I'm going to go back, way back. I used to be a youth pastor for many years back in Louisiana. I am from Louisiana, by the way. Do not hold that against me. I love Texas with all my heart. But I am from Louisiana. Anybody from Louisiana? Oh, yes, we got Louisiana in the house. Oh, man, I feel the spirit now. All right. I'm good. Anointing is here. All right, now I can really preach. So here we go. Because we know of what was planted in the garden, I was expecting that, and that's what I got. But because many people are expecting something different, they're going to a, a place that should never go. One girl back in my youth group, sweet girl, love her family, I love her. To this day, we still communicate over Facebook, thank God, for Facebook for, for most of the time, because it can be a draining hog. 
She came to me one day and said, Pastor Dwight, I met this guy. I know that we don't true love weights. I've committed myself to be pure. I know that I'm waiting for the right fig in, in parable ter- terms here. I'm waiting for the right fig, but I see an apple. Pastor Dwight, I see this apple, and he looks good. Pastor Dwight, he looks so good. Is there any young girls in the house that desires to be married one day? I, you're not even going to raise your hand. Poor thing. Look, some daddy's putting down his daughter's hand. No, you ain't getting married. <laughs> This young girl wanted to get married like she was 10 years old. I kid, I'm just kidding. She was 16. She saw an apple. Pastor Dwight, he looks good. I'm like, who is this apple you are speaking of? Oh, no, you do not want him. Trust me. He, he needs a lot of pruning. He needs a lot of work. Do not. God, her name was Kara. I'll give it up. You don't even know who she is. Carrie, God has planted some good things inside of you. You know what you need to do. Be patient. Wait for your fig. You follow me? Wait for your fig, Kara. Don't go after that apple. And many times in that life when someone is just constantly dreaming of apples, when God is planting a fig, it never works out. Can I, can I be honest with you? This was not easy, but I waited for my fig for 30 years. I did not mess around. I got saved. I accepted Jesus in my heart when I was 16 years old. I was in high school. Before that, I was just timid of girls. I'm not going to lie to you. I was timid. I wanted to date, but it just wasn't the thing going on here, okay? I, I didn't have it like some people had in high school. I'm still bitter to this day. But anyway, I got saved in high school. Jesus came in my life, and it changed everything around. Then I was just scared of girls. I don't want to mess with them. I'm not going to go that route. No. But I knew that one day I desired to be married to a beautiful, incredible Christian woman. I desired that. I wanted children. And, and p- my pastor, my youth pastor, man, they brought me along and they taught me, they trained me. Dwight, wait for your fig. We're just going to go with the fig here. Wait for the right person to come in your life. Be patient. Be pure. Be patient and be pure. And do you know that there were several people that was just not the right fig for me that came along? They came along. They taunted and they flaunted. Now, I didn't always look this way, but I'm just telling you, I was something to behold. I, <laughs> babe, I'm sorry. No, it's not. <laughs> I, I'm really joking. Please, just excuse my humor. I was a youth pastor. And listen, we had, I'm just going to give you two quick stories. There was a young girl in there. She, she wrote me a note. You remember writing the notes back in the day? There was no texting and stuff. She, wrote, she writes me a note. She gives me a note. Pastor Dwight, the Lord told me to give this to you. I'm like, oh, Lord. This is not going to go this route. Okay, I'm a fig. I'm waiting for my fig, and that was an apple trying to give me. You get that? I said, you know what? I don't, I don't want to read that. You, you can just take it back. I hurt her feelings on purpose. Please take that back. Just, just hold that. I was working at my house one day by myself. Knock on the door. Guess who it is? It's the apple. What are you doing here? It's late. Well, I just was passing by your house. I noticed that your car was here and just want to see if you're home. I'm home. What are you doing here? Well, maybe you need some help. I know you're trying to do some repairs to your floor. Hold on a second. You know what? It's late. I'm out of here. You got to stay right here. I'm going upstairs. I'm going to turn off the lights and you just wait right here, you little apple. Went upstairs to do my thing, turn off the lights. Guess who was behind me? The apple. I turned around and said, whoa, sister, what are you doing? Well, I can really help you. It's just you and me. I'm like, oh, Jesus, no, ma'am, no, sir, get out. Apple, you must leave now. She left. I I didn't entertain it. She left. I waited patiently for my fig. Young people in the house, let me tell you something. Yes, some dreamy guy, some dreamy girl is going to come along your path. You think, oh, she's the one. He's the one. But you're going to know. You're going to know that you know that you know. Number one, from the Lord, yes, but also from the people who are put perimeters around you. They're going to give you the sign to say, thumbs up. You got your fig. Go for it. But if you ever think in one second that somebody's telling you, don't you dare take a bite of that apple, then you better back up, brother. You better back up, sister. Hands off. Do you understand me? Because purity is of the Lord. And when you walk in purity, you've got to learn how to say no. Say no. 
Every mom and daddy said no. Teenagers in the house, say no. Your fig is on its way. Do you understand me? And whenever that fig comes into your life, you're going to know. Look, all them daddies are talking to those kids. You better wait for your fig. You better wait for your fig. You ain't getting married. I'm telling you, I got four little blessings back there, and I know their fig's coming one day. Talk about figs and apples, man. You're going to go home thinking about figs all day. I waited, I waited, and I waited patiently. And whenever my fig, Gloria Derwin, came to my life, I knew it. The people around me, my pastors, my leaders, my family, her family, it was just the right opportunity. And I did not give in to the temptation of, you know what, until the day that I got married. Was it hard? Yeah. Was it worth it? Oh, yeah. My fig came, baby. I love you. You're my fig. And I'm your fig, too. Young people in this house, be patient. The caretaker of the vineyard said, oh, just give me one more year. He was willing to be patient. He wasn't trying to make anything happen that shouldn't happen. Learn to be patient. Those good things are going to come your way. And that's just one, one example of many things we could talk about that we try to make and rush things happen where we just need to slow down. God's timing is always perfect. Can I get amen? amen. Yes. Sometimes we try to use a Phillips screwdriver. And they got a flathead screw. That's, that's disappointing. You go get the wrong tool. You don't know, but you're trying to use it, and you're disappointed because that thing ain't coming out, right? We do it in life all the time. I do not apologize for the things that I cannot do. I just told you earlier, I cannot sing, right? There was five incredible people. This sharp-looking gentleman, Goliath, and the three anointed women can sing their socks off. You don't want me up here. Can I just share something with you? I tried to sing by myself a long time ago in front of a church. I thought I had the gift. I thought I could do this thing. Back in the day, let's go back to cassette days. There was no DVD, it was cassette. I'm in my bathroom, I got cassette. Our God is an awesome God. Rich Mullins, how many of you remember that song? Yeah, a few of you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in my bathroom, just me and Jesus, right? I'm singing loud as I can with my cassette tape. I sounded pretty good. I sounded real good with that cassette tape. I mean, my God was awesome. And I went to that person. I said, you know what? In my church back then, I'm going to sing in front of the church. I was supposed to speak that day as well. And they said, are you sure? And I said, oh, yeah. They said, well, nobody's ever heard you, Pastor Dwight. And I'm like, but I'm doing it anyway. And listen, with the goodness of those people's heart, they, they allowed me to do it and never, ever should have. And I stood up and the song came on. And it was guess whose turn it was to sing? I didn't have a choir. I didn't have a background. It was me. Oh, God is an awesome God. It was pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. I found out the hard way. I'm trying to force something that I should have never done, but I did it anyway. And one person stood up and just began to worship the Lord out of pity. Out of pity. And I felt even worse than I did. And then I had to speak afterwards. And I realized I made a huge mistake. And I would never, ever do it again. How many of you know, sometimes we just make choices. There's good intentions sometimes. But we make a choice and we realize, man, that was disappointing. And we can learn through those moments. There's times that somebody will do something, most of the times those who are closest to you, and then you get very disappointed with them. Or we're the cause of disappointment in someone else's life because of choices. People make mistakes. When those things begin to happen, we realize God is trying to do something in this situation, and I need to learn from it. I could talk about different scenarios and different situations. We could laugh, we can cry, we can relate to them all. But in this moment, I know that there's people in this place tonight, today, excuse me, that some of those disappointments that have come about in your life has brought about some pretty deep hurt. And it's how you deal with that. You can't just sweep that underneath the rug because that just doesn't go away. If you leave it there, it's going to produce not the kind of fruit that you want. Trust me. 
in Luke 13, verse 7, the guy comes around and says, hey, three years I've come by, there's nothing here. I'm ready to be done with it. The owner of the land is addressing the leaves. He's totally focused on the wrong thing. I'm just looking up here. It has nothing. Let's be done with it. The caretaker is addressing the root. So many times when we're discouraged or we are disappointed, and in the moment of those feelings arise, we're too busy addressing the leaves of the situation out of anger, out of frustration, out of whatever those feelings may be. We just want to deal with the leaves, but we're forgetting about the most important thing of what the caretaker said. We're not dealing with the actual cause of the root of the issue. Everybody say root. We've got to get back to the roots. But when we deal with the roots, then proper things begin to happen. And that's what I want to camp out in the next few moments. So when we do that, follow with me and we're going to wrap up. Everybody say, God produces good fruit. God does not make bad fruit. In Luke 13, 6 through 8, uh, in the King James Version, I'm going to, I'm going to back up. You're going to know that I'm not making this up. In the King James Version, we don't have to post that, Miss Theresa, but I know this. In the King James Version, here's what it says in the translation of the young man talking back to the, to the owner of the land. He says, answering, and he said unto him, Lord, let it alone for this one more year. He's saying, give me one more year. Till I dig about it and around it and dung it. King James said dung. I didn't. I'm going to dung it. Everybody say dung. Now, we're not going to camp out too much on that word, but let's just talk about it for a moment. What comes to your mind? You got the point. I'm going to put some fertilizer, some dung on this thing. Does it smell pretty pleasant? Oh, no. You ever been around fresh fertilizer? Does it draw you to it? Ooh, this smells so good. I'm going to bathe in this bed. No, what do you do? You typically want to back up. Uh-uh, I'm not touching that. That is gross. I've smelled some fertilizer. It makes me want to gag and throw up. Does it smell nice? No. But he made a very clear point. Here's what I want to talk about. There's three things I want to talk about. I'm going to wrap this baby up. One said, hey, it's not doing anything at all. I'm addressing this from the leaves. We're going to cut this down. I don't care if it hurts it, if it kills it. We're done with it. And so many times we address things out of disappointment and we're ready to kill it rather than try to bring something back into life. And many times in our own life, it hurts us, it hurts someone else, it hurts our children, it hurts those who are closest to us. That's not the way God wants you to deal with disappointment. He wants you to be patient. Listen closely. Give it another year. It is an expression that Jesus said in this parable to give it one more year, which means this, you've got to give it some time. There are some things in your life you've got to be willing to give it a little more time so God could do a complete work in that area of your life. It's not necessarily about the other person, but it's about you. If you focus on the situation or the person, you're going to miss out what God has for you. So get your eyes off the leaves and get your eyes onto you. Be willing to be patient and give some time. For the Lord to do what he needs to do. He might send somebody around you to help you. He might send some, I don't know what it is, but he is going to do what he needs to do in you. You've got to be willing to be patient. Everybody say time. Everybody say one more year. For, one, for some of you, one more year, thinks, man, that's just too long. It's an expression. It could be weeks. It could be months. It could be a year. It could be longer than that. Especially if you're waiting for your fig. Be patient. Be patient. Number two is this. He says, I'm going to dig. Anybody in here ever dug anything? I mean, like seriously, you went to town and you were digging out a ditch, a hole for a pole. I mean, you had to dig something. Okay, there's some ladies raising their hands in here too. You know what it is. It's work. You can't do it with your bare hands. You better get some gloves. It's going to couch your hands up. But when you dig, you don't just stand there and watch the shovel and say, okay, shovel, do your work. No, you got to do what? You got to pick up that shovel and you got to do what? You got to begin to dig. You got to press on that shovel, get it down on the ground. You got to dig a hole, and one hole is not going to accomplish anything. On a tree, because it's circular, you got to dig all the way around it. Not a few inches, but you got to get to the roots. And when you get to the roots, it doesn't stop there. So everybody say dig. 
you've got to be willing to work just a little bit harder in this area of your life. You can't just be passive and sit back here and say, well, I'm just going to let it pass by. I'm just going to let it handle itself. I'm going to let someone else handle it. It doesn't work that way. You've got to be willing to deal with the situation. Many of you are disappointed, especially if you're married. How many of you are married in the house? Raise your hand. Woo, lots of married couples. All right, I can talk about all of us because I'm married too. In your disappointment, many of you, because you're not willing to deal, dig with yourself out of your disappointment, you take it out on your spouse, you take it out on your children, and it makes your home a very, very unpleasant place to be. I have taken my own disappointment out on my family. When I've come home, I may be tired. My done has been done. My day has been done, excuse me. And I'm just frustrated. I'm disappointed. I don't even know what it is, but I'm disappointed with me. But if I don't deal with me and I come home with that frustration, guess what happens? I don't plan to do it, but it happens. I take it out on my wife. I take it out on my children. Follow me real quick. I don't yell. I don't scream at them. But my wife knows. She's a pretty good barometer in my home. She knows. You okay? Babe, I'm fine. You don't seem like you're fine. But anything that happens, my attitude is just different. It's off. My words are not as edifying as they should be. I'm not as uh, the husband and the father I should be because it affects my home when I come home because I'm taking it out on them. But I know this too, listen closely, if I truly focus on that disappointment and begin to realize it's about me, it's not about them, but deal with me, then it sets the whole tone right in my home. It sets that tone right in my home. Do you follow me? If you are married, God does not give bad fruit. He does not pick bad fruit. He picked you. He picked your fig. You are picked and you are married to that beautiful... Turn to your spouse and say, you are my fig. Oh, no, 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 no. You better say it like you meant it. You are my fig. Some of you are like, man, that's just goofy. Somebody's proud of their fig. Now look at me. God picked you to raise those beautiful children. Man, now you got little figs you got to raise. And if you deal with your disappointment and not take out that disappointment on your people, listen, your home will begin to be a healthy place. You give it time. You begin to dig. You begin to dig. You begin to dig a little harder. You're focusing on you. You begin to dig. And once you're done digging, you got those roots. You got to do something. You got to add a little bit of dung, a little bit of fertilizer. You got to add some of that stuff on there to make sure that it's going to grow the right. You know what fertilizer is? Listen closely. Fertilizer helps the plant. It helps the plant to overcome any situation by increasing their capacity to hold more water and to improve the rooting depth. It protects from harm and from disease. Do you know that you're going to be disappointed again? Did you know that? That's why you're going to take that disappointment and it's a little bit of fertilizer that's going to come your life. That means when disappointment comes your way, you will learn to grow better in the situation. When you are in the, worshiping the Lord, you're reading the Bible, that's fertilizer. You're surrounding yourself with the right people that can invest in your life to grow you as a mature person. That's fertilizer. You're taking the proper steps and the right things that you need to move forward and grow in your life because that's good fertilizer. But even when disappointment comes, instead of reacting now differently to it or the wrong way, you're going to look at it differently and say, I'm going to grow in this opportunity. It is my time to grow. I'm not going to miss out on what God has. Lord, deal with me. Give me some time. I'm going to dig and I'm going to fertilize it. And I'm going to learn and I'm going to be a better person because of it. Do you hear me this morning? In your moment of disappointment, you can always point the finger at the other person. But it does them no good. You hurt yourself. God has something for you so tremendous and so powerful. Don't miss out on what it is because you're just too disappointed. Allow him to come in with some time, with some digging, and with some fertilizer so that you come out on top producing 
the right kind of fruit. If I could have the worship team come back up or whoever's available, I want to go into the song Amazing Grace. The song Amazing Grace is so powerful. Isn't the Lord always gracious with us? Grace is just the Lord giving you some time to be a better you. Seriously. We don't deserve it. Sometimes we think the Lord just wants to come in like the owner of the land and just rip it up and tear it out. But that's not who God is. God says even though maybe you've made a mistake, maybe you're disappointed because of yourself, someone else, or you made the mistake and you're the disappointment to someone else, God always comes to the situation and says, hey, I'm going to give you some grace here. I'm going to give you some time. Listen closely. Four years ago, four years ago and even most recently, my wife and I had to walk through a very, very tough situation. And it was the result of someone else. We have been a phenomenal church. The church that I came from in Louisiana, I love dearly. I love the pastor. I love the leadership. I love them dearly and still to this day. Because of that church, it is a huge reason of who I am today. I'm always going to be thankful and still thankful and still speak with them. But there was a situation in that church that came about that the way that it was addressed, kind of give you a few headlines here. The Lord had to show me in Scripture a little bit deeper, and for four years ago to even most recently, that because of a situation and the way that it was handled, and that it was addressed, mainly between my wife and I, they thought we needed to go in one certain direction, and the way that that was handled, was it, it just wasn't right. I'll just say that. And we felt like we don't want to go in this direction. We, we feel like God is calling us to go in this direction. I'm really giving you some some headlines here. In our hearts, something wasn't right with the situation. The things that were being said, the things that were being done, it it just wasn't right. And it was so much that it truly cut deep down inside of us that it hurt. You ever been disappointed before? You ever been hurt because of disappointment? Okay. We were severely hurt. To the point that these other people didn't really know it. But we were hurt. We had to make a decision. We're going to amplify this thing to the whole church, to the whole congregation, to the world, to family and friends, and begin to speak loud about our hurt. Guess what they did to us? Or we could allow some time, we can dig. We can allow some more fertilizer to come on this thing and just see what God has for us. Was it easy? No. Was it easy? No. You've been raised around a spiritual family for 18, 19, 20 years of your life, and a situation happens that you get severely hurt. And again, they really don't know the situation, but you get hurt. And you leave that family because God really did have something greater for us. Do you think that hurt? Yes. And through the last four years, we've had to sit back and say, Lord, what do you want to show me? God begins to peel back the layer of onion and show me things inside of me that I never knew was there. But if I would have stayed in the situation of where I was... That onion would have been closed up, and who knows what could have happened. Good things still could have happened. But the Lord had to remove us from a situation and say, hey, I want to work on you. I want to show you something bigger and better than you could ever even dream of. Yes, I know this hurt. I know this hurt so deep. And God began to come in in small ways and begin to heal those wounds in me and my wife. And there's still moments I'll think about it, and it's tough. I'm not going to lie, because I miss my family. I miss my spiritual family. I talk to them. It's about being with them and just miss. But the greater outcome of what we had to walk through was so much better. I had to learn something as a young man to become a real, genuine, honest husband and, 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 and father and man in general that would have, I don't think I would have learned to the detail, to the depth if I would have stayed. 
and we're walking through life and something else happens not even a year ago. We're serving in church. We're, we love these people and something else happens. We got hurt again. What's the deal? And instead of doing this, I can't believe you did that. You hurt me. Did we want to? Yes. We wanted to address the leaves and let the world know what happened. But we still had to sit back and say, Lord, work on me. You produce good fruit. And I want to experience that good fruit that you have for me. Your life, your marriage, your children, your workplace, your finances, emotionally, spiritually. God has some great things for you. Don't blame anything or anyone around you. You focus on you. Give me one more year, Lord. I'm going to dig and I'm going to fertilize it. I'm going to get to the root and I'm going to blossom where I'm planted. I want you to stand with me this morning. This morning I feel there's some of you that disappointments come your way and you might feel like that person here today and you just want to explode you're not even sure how to handle it but man it hurts maybe you're here today and you just you just need that extra touch from God you need that prayer and that's why we're here today because God has that for you he has it for you maybe you're here today and you just realize I need to work on myself there's some disappointments happening in my life even currently I'm disappointed with some things whether it's your spouse situation or work whatever it may be but I, I just need to work on me if that is you this morning, you realize you're here that you've been hurt because of disappointment. Maybe you just realize I just need some work on me because I've been disappointed. Can you just raise your hand? Just raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Put your hands down. I want to pray for you. If you raised your hand, I just want you to put your hands out in front of you like this. God is here and he has so much for you. Don't miss out. This is not just a prayer. You didn't raise your hand just because. God wants to turn that disappointment into His appointment. He wants to meet you right now with your hands in front of you. Say, Jesus, I need you. I have been disappointed and I've taken it out on other people. Forgive me, Lord. Change my perspective. Help me not to address the leaves. Help me to get to the root of the issue. I don't want to be hurt. Heal my heart. I don't want to walk a path that would lead me to bad fruit. But today, work on me. Fertilize my heart that I can be the best you in my life. I want to represent you, Jesus. Give me all that I need today. In Jesus' name, amen. Stay right there. Stay right there.